Football, episode 17. My name is Niall Hope, and once again I'm joined by Aaron Cascala. How's it going, man? It's going good. 17. Wow. 17. That, that puts things in perspective. Aaron, it's your turn to bring an album to the table. And what are we listening to, and why did you choose it? All right. Um, some might say I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel, uh, but being the weirdo that I am, <laughs> and <laughs> the 43-year-old weirdo that I am, we're going to go back to 1996. I have selected an album called Guaranteed Kill, which is the first album from a band called Scissor Fight out of Portsmouth, uh, New Hampshire. Nice. And how did you come across this band in the first place? Right, good question. Um, Considering how unmainstream this band is, uh, digging around, I um, I think this band... Although I didn't discover this album in 1996, uh, they they came on my radar because of a a record label called Wonder Drug Records that also signed a band that I really like that maybe one day we'll do a podcast for called Sam Black Church out of Boston, Massachusetts. Some may consider them hardcore mixed with metal. Um, they definitely were more on the metal tip as far as I'm concerned definitely weird and eccentric vocals uh so i guess wonder drug records was for was known for signing a lot of um what's the word uh, just smaller local no-name bands eccentric from the from the northeast region so i think they might have been on a uh on a compilation album or back in the day this is pre-internet <laughs> uh <laughs> Well, doing research on a band that you liked, and if you got on the, whether you got like a printed flyer or you looked at the back of a magazine, Wonder Drug Records, Sam Black Church, I discovered Scissor Fight. Maybe it was a flyer, maybe it was at the record store, I don't know, but uh, this album um, was a winner for me. When you mentioned that you wanted to do um, this album, the name stuck in my head for some reason. I mean, not only is it a pretty cool name, but I think it was a band that I had somehow uh, become aware of. And I realized that I a, a track of theirs had come up on a Discover Weekly, so I was uh, slightly familiar with them. It was a track called Blizzards, Buzzards and Bastards, which um, is off one of their later albums, I believe. The uh, I think an album from uh, 2001 called Man Trapping for Sport and Profit. <laughs> Um, and it's it's quite a quirky song lots of um, sort of spoken word over the top which obviously is quite prevalent in in this particular album but I, I besides that I had no idea about this band whatsoever so how would you how would you describe them to, to those that aren't familiar um, that's a great question the my, my initial response is I, ha- I have to be honest brutally honest and transparent here that this is the only album I've ever listened to, enjoyed, and it's, uh, spoiler alert, it's, it's, I think it's because, because of the vocalist that, that really captured me, <clears throat> who we'll get to later, but uh, just the overall sound, and mainly the way the vocals sound, this is the only album I know, and to be completely honest, I'm surprised that, there's, that they're still around. Uh, good for them. That's great. Um, it's fantastic. But I think, I think, I think it was a case of 
listening to their follow-up sophomore album sounded so completely different, like almost night and day, mm-hmm. that I just never pursued them. And again, we'll get into it later. I think they took a, like a ten-year hiatus. Yeah, so that, I that that didn't really um, put them on anyone's radar for over a decade. So if they're still continuing, that's great. Um, good for them. But honestly, this is the only album I know. Um, so, I mean, they're definitely. I mean, you're quite right when you go into you, you try and get on the internet to try and find much about this band. They're obviously quite niche and quite cult with with limited limited exposure on the internet. The Wikipedia a Wikipedia page is about two paragraphs long. Yeah. Um, and their website's basic <laughs> to to be to be kind. Yeah. Um, so they they've been a hard one to to find out any sort of information. But you mentioned that they had a a vocalist on this particular album. I believe his name was Iron Lung. Right. So I take it he didn't continue long with the band. Mm-hmm. Um, I did read, though, that they uh, were named Best Hard Rock Band at the Boston Music Awards in 2003 and 2004. Yeah. So, like I said, they, they were on Wonder Drug Records. They, they did get some attention from MTV, from, you know, local festivals, but... I guess this is the point where I should just throw out my my opinion and a hypothesis of why, again, we could take a deeper dive in the internet, but there's not much really popping up. I think it's, if anything, just based on the album cover, their lyrical content, uh, and their sound, they just seem, I'm not going to say they're rednecks, maybe they'll admit they are in their own right with pride, but they're definitely more backwoods, mm-hmm. New Hampshire, Country Boys, look at their website, lots of flannel, meat, songs about hunting. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a different different, different attitude and approach than your average uh, metal band. Although, you know, there's, there's always tinges and hints of, of Southern uh, hillbilly, insert, slur, whatever. Uh, when it comes to, you know, this style, this sound uh, is part of metal culture and history either way and would you say because i know nothing really about these guys besides this this album but you know i described that track um blizzards buzzards and bastards as quite quirky in a way which is probably not the most apt description but would you say they're a band that you're not supposed to take that seriously 100 percent. i think that's that's the other thing that um, I guess if I have to think about it, if I really have to think about it out loud here, the um, the interesting thing about picking this album is it's a bit nonsensical. Yeah, they're not moving mountains with their lyrical content. They're not trying to uh, make massive waves in regards to their sound and content and their meaning and manifesto and. It's kind of a, a no-frills, no-nonsense uh, band, lyrically, sonically, and the way they sound. Well, I mean, there is a track on the album <laughs> called Planet Vass. So yeah, I yeah. Think if that's any indication to, to kind of how these guys go about their business, then read into that what you will. Um, 
I mean, I like I said, I wasn't familiar with this band at all, but and the limited sort of information you have on the internet, you know, is one thing. But I think if you go onto their their Spotify page, I just took a little scroll down, you know, mm-hmm. in in lieu of any real background on the band, and just to check out a few of the, you know, how they have um, on Spotify the fans also like right. the bands. Uh, you know, there's a, a bunch of them that I was familiar with, so. Um, Bands like Fireball Ministry, Fu Manchu, Red Fang, Clutch, etc. Yes. Not saying that they're exactly the same, but there are elements of that kind of stoner rock. Um, and I think they're described on Wikipedia as crust punk slash stoner metal. Yep. Um, so I was kind of familiar with, I guess, the scene a little bit, but it doesn't feel like those guys really came anywhere close to those other bands that I mentioned, certainly not the Fu Manchus or Clutches of the world. Right. So, obviously, I mean, you mentioned that this is mainly the only album that you know these guys for. Yep. Well, I guess, you know, without sounding too deep and meaningful, what kind of does this album mean to you and really kind of why is it an album that you would come back to and, and want, want me and you to explore? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. The The biggest reason for me is the way this album sound, sounds sonically. And again, there's minimal information online, but you get to like an Amazon review or a um, RachelMusic.com, just these anonymous... There's no official review for this album, but uh, the biggest critique that I found was around the production of this album and the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the way it's recorded. And for me, this album sounds like a live album, and I've always been attracted to that live sound. That I mean, I'll go as far as to say it's, it's just very lowbrow. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like I'm back in, this, back in their rehearsal studio listening to them practice live it's it's the one of the biggest words that i it's blistering it's muddy it's grungy it's sloppy it's no frills and from start to finish at the risk of sounding same same a lot of the songs are very because of that sloppy production it they just kind of a lot of the songs can blend together yeah but um for me it just fits with the content, their aesthetic, uh, and the sound. It all just comes together and, and coalesces to like this muddy, grungy, disgusting. I mean, even with the vocals. So for me, it's not it's not an album that I would put in my. It's definitely not in my top fifty, or maybe barely top. It could be in my top one hundred, but just for the sound alone, I think this was one of the first albums that. I became sonically aware of the way, of, of the quality of recordings, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's really interesting that you say that because remember last last time out we were doing Life of Agony and you, one of your first critiques about the album was, I can see why the, I would like this album. Yeah. Well, when I was listening to this, I had um, not similar styles, not similar styles at all, but I think crust punk was maybe one of the things that kind of these two bands had in common. But I was kind of taken back to when we reviewed Trap Them. One hundred percent. Not not for the style of music, but for the production. The, yeah. 
And, and I knew that was probably what you were going to say you liked about it because it definitely, I mean, my notes I, I wrote down, I feel like I'm seeing them in a bar. You know, it's, it's got oh. that, it, it feels very raw and very live. And I think. Warts and all, it's just filthy, right? It's and, just like. Yeah, and the lyrics, oh, sorry, the, the vocals are, they're, I think you described it quite well, muddy. Like they're, they're in there, but you're, you're struggling to pick them out. So yeah. it definitely has this live, kind of raw, dirty kind of sound which i definitely appreciate and i you know i'm, I'm with you I, I i never like production to sound too clinical and too scientific i like a bit of that kind of energy that comes through you definitely get it in the back album. of the bar yeah back off the side of the road back of the bar it's just some guys some rednecks playing some metal <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how i perceive it So you mentioned this is uh, this was Scissor Fight's debut album. Um, it came out in 1996, and I don't know if you can you remember this, but we've been back to 1996 once before. Um, what a year! Fantastic year. Lots of um, lots of bands in transition. Lots of newly formed bands. This was the. Uh, um, that we, you know, we went back and we reviewed propane contents under pressure. Yeah, I'm looking at it which, right here. Which was one of those. Um, but I'll just give a little rundown of, of a few of the things from this year. So a couple of newly formed bands. Um, one band that I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but I've sort of, I've uh, listened to them before a few times. Quite linked to this kind of style of music, Alabama Thunderpussy. I've definitely heard of them. They're, they're of a similar, similar ilk. So they really? were formed this year. Um, God forbid, this year. I'm just glad you didn't say Alien Ant Farm. I was going to, I was going to, but I skipped over it. But um, yes, Alien Ant Farm will form this year. Um, your favorites, Gojira. Yep. Obviously, The Haunted. Three big bands there. N- not Alien Ant Farm. Yep. God forbid. Um, Lincoln Park formed this year. Yeah, it says as zero with an X. Yeah, I. I'm not familiar with that. I mean, I'm not really familiar with uh, um, the history of the band. But, yeah. I mean, between Linkin Park, Gojira, I mean, those are yeah. two huge bands. I mean, God forbid, and The Haunted as well, but yeah, you know, yeah. those bands really stand out as going on to really do some do some good stuff over the years. And then there is there is a handful of albums out here. That, it's too many to mention. Yeah. This is this is just, I got I to gotta interrupt it. This is... Yeah. Just a, a reminder of that time period is like as grunge was, because Christ, my age, uh, Kurt Cobain committed suicide in 1995, so grunge was slowly 94. I think 94. Okay. Because then we, I mean, last time out we were in 95 yeah. with uh, Life of Agony, and now we're one year, yeah. one year on. So, so as grunge was coming to an end, we all know that Pantera was trying to maintain the status quo with heaviness. But I don't think a lot of Americans were as aware as they are now how many black metal bands were forming mm-hmm. uh, over over in Europe. And they're all on this list. I mean, between Catatonia, Rotting Christ, Opeth. Yep. Um, whether you're a fan or not, there's just... This was a, in my opinion, I'm reminded this year was a transition year. Dark Funeral. Big time. Um, all these... Black metal bands were were really trying to push the envelope and set a new standard, a new sound. So grunge, 
you know, we still had some Alice in Chains from Grunge. We had some Stone Temple Pilots. We had... Um, uh, yeah, the Alice in Chains was actually the unplugged. And I think that um, this year in July 23rd was the last gig they would ever play with Lane Staley. Mm. So, I mean... Uh, you're right. I mean, we've 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 gone down this path before. Even with hardcore, is... Converge, Madball, um, looks like Motorhead even puts something out. Yeah. Uh, Rage Against the Machine, Evil Empire. Yeah. Typo Negative, October Rust. So there's just a lot of classic, very important bands and albums. Yeah. I mean, you said it's it was a this was a time period where. Um, sorry, yeah. Alien Ant Farm. Sorry. <laughs> This is a time period when metal was definitely in transition. It's funny because I watched a, a documentary the other day called Get Thrashed, which was about the history of thrash metal. And they talked about this period. They were saying, I think it was Scott Ian from Anthrax was saying like 93, 94, 95 even were terrible years for, for metal bands because grunge came in and just kind of was almost... Yeah. Um, the media were trying to kill off metal and then obviously what happens as a result of that is like you said um, other forms of metal start to t start to come out of the woodwork the, the black metal but you've also got um, bands like In Flames releasing mm -hmm. The Jester Race in this year Korn released Life is Peachy their second album so that would, was obviously going on to become you know, a new form of um, metal that was going to take over. But there's a few others that I I just want to pick out here that you know are definitely worth definitely worth a mention. Um, we've got uh, we've got my favourites, Metallica releasing Load. Obviously, a very um, divisive, very yeah. divisive album from a very I guess a very divisive time in metal. Um, obviously taken on a lot of that influence from from the grunge scene and more the hard rock and trying to adapt you've got Marilyn Manson releasing Antichrist Superstar um, and then obviously one of my favourites Propane Contents Under Pressure but Pantera releasing The Great Southern Trend Kill yep. which is a controversial choice but that's right up there for my favourite Pantera album. Sepultura Roots Yep, a huge, a huge album that was um, again, kind of pushing Divisive. the boundaries and yeah. going in a different direction, um, and uh, you know the, the the real standout one for this year for me personally is uh, One Ema by Tool. I think that's a yeah absolute masterpiece. Yep, and, can't yeah. argue there. So yeah, crazy year in terms of the albums that were, were coming out. Um, What's your boy Zach Wilde's uh, Book of Shadows all about? It's one that I've. I think it's mainly like an acoustic. Got it. Album prior to I think it was prior to his work with Black Label Society, but I, I might be I might be wrong there. Um, but I mean, it's it's a lengthy list because you've also got um, Slayer released Undisputed Attitude. You had your the first the first release by Slipknot, mm -hmm. Mate Feed Kill Repeat. Yeah. So again, another band that would go on to change the face of metal. Um, robust year, robust. Yeah, a lot of stuff that started to sort of change. And yeah, I think that was uh, just a couple of events here. I mentioned the last ever concert for Alice in Chains with Lane Staley. 
um, first ever Oz, Ozfest tour um, slash left Guns N' Roses um, yeah so definitely a pivotal year um, and, and one that would start to lay the groundwork for a lot of change in the metal scene for sure I think the time has come for us to get into this what can only be described as fantastic album cover before we get into our discussion of the album so for those who haven't seen this and hopefully you go and take a look at this it's essentially a platter of meat on a black background is that an apt description that's exactly what it is. It's no frills. It's 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 minimal. It's it's simple. It's minimal. It is without a doubt uh, lowbrow, and they probably spent yeah they spent very little time on this. Um, but it's effective. It's to the point. Love it or hate it. Uh, again, I think the key word for me is lowbrow. Even even when this came out, I, I looked at it. And I just kind of went, I just kind of shrugged and went, eh, that's fucked up. That's, that's fucked up, funny. And then I moved on. I didn't, I didn't spend too much time with it. You know, it's one of those, it's one of those things. It's like, it's so, it's like almost intentionally bad. I quite like it. I yeah. think it's got like, it's almost got like a B horror movie kind of charm yes. to it. Hasn't yes. It? Nailed that. B it, horror movie. Yes. If they put this out today, I'm sure it would yeah. be perceived as some kind of anti-vegetarian, <laughs> vegan sort of, uh, statement but i mean you you've just got you've got that i mean i can't even really find like a high-res version of this like i don't even know whether like if you actually bought this cd whether that photograph is even in um in focus it's crudely cut out it looks disgusting <laughs> yeah um and everything else uh you've got pretty basic typography everywhere you look there so um I mean, I guess we don't really need to. Uh, I guess we don't really need to get into the nuances of this, other than to to give give a. It just fits. It. it fits. It fits with the the band's sound. I mean, look, look, feel, and sound. The fucking that pretty much sums it up. Mm-hmm. And 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 I could, you know, whether you whether you appreciate the sound or not. Uh, I could see why people would skip over this at a record store just by the album cover alone. <laughs> I mean, like, for me personally, I think it's got, I think it has that kind of so bad it's good charm. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it's not a good piece of work. It's a, it's a four out of ten for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you, when, you, when you sent me... The, yeah, I think you sent me a couple of choices for what we could do, and this was one of them when I saw the album cover. Yeah. And I think you even said this. I know you're <laughs> going to choose that just based on the album cover. So I don't know. It has some kind of appeal, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's not it's not a good bit of work. Um, yeah, I give it a 5 out of 10. 5 out of 10. That's fair. That's fair. All right, man. Well, because there's no real information so much on the band any reviews that are really worth reading out let's just get straight into it and um start to start to pick it apart and i just want to ask you are you kind of already given us a bit of a flavor of this but 
What are some of the things, you know, give us a bit of a top line, your feelings towards the album. What what are the things that you like about it? Um, I like the, um, first and foremost, it's it's the sound. Just the, the, the sound, and, and it's not an album I listen to that often, but it's one I can always come back to when I just want something gritty. Gritty, filthy, and nasty, but also still grooves because the Trap Them album is of that same vein, but it's just a bit too relentless. Yeah. Whereas uh, Guaranteed Kill is an album that I can listen to from start to finish that that is of that vein, but it grooves. It's 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 because it's prior to Trap Them, it's it's still got you know, I wouldn't compare them to, to Pantera, but it's, you know, as, as far as groove metal goes, there's a lot of grooves that you can really get into. Bluesy grooves, uh, gritty, blistery sound. It's like trudging through mud. Uh, in, in a way, it's the, the, the album's motivational for me because it's so muddy and grimy uh, and gross. Uh, it's just good motivational music to have on in the background. Um, I have no idea about the lyrical content because uh, yeah. there are no lyric sheets online that are available. But just by the song titles, and when you do hear what they're singing about, it's about deers, bucks, hunting, meat. North American uh, North, swine. Yeah, North American swine, uh, wildlife. Uh, I guess, obviously, even some of the later albums are of that ilk lyrical content. So... It's very country, very redneck, backwoods. Um, I think that's another reason I gravitated towards it because it's just such a weird fucking album. Uh, it's just so niche and just... I really don't... I've never really found anyone else that's ever heard of this band or liked this album. So it's kind of one of those little things that I've kept in my own pocket uh, over the years, over 20 years. So for me... It's it's just because a lot of a lot of times I want to dismiss some backwoods country stuff for sounding ignorant, but this this isn't ignorant. It's just straightforward and honest. Yeah, redneck rock. I could picture them playing off the side of a highway at a biker bar in the back, and it just it's just something you would enjoy having on in the background. So I'd never give this any awards, but for me it stands out, and it's just a little special. I would never call it a gem because a gem is shiny, polished, and pretty. Uh, this is just a little filthy piece of dirt <laughs> that uh, that I throw on every once in a while. So it is what it is. Yeah, it's like um, it's like the equivalent of like some sort of rusted antique that you find in like a um, yeah off the side of a road somewhere on like a, a truck stop. But, exactly. Um, and so and so and just just to finish off, I think it's also a testament to why. I, I, I didn't I didn't tune into any of their later albums is I'm gonna see the vocals stand out and I guess because of the time time period because it was during the trendi- transition when we had a lot of grunge a lot of metal and black metal was starting my roommate was was introducing me to black metal this motherfucker would play it at night as we were going to bed and it would just <laughs> it would just horrify me it would just scare the shit out of me until i finally just accepted it maybe like 
I need to confront this head on. What's black metal all about? So they call that Stockholm syndrome, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, touche. The uh, the vocals were the more I think about it, a transition period for me because you know if if Pantera started with the the screaming, wailing, you know, glam metal vocals and slowly got into some growling. You know, I was, my roommate also introduced me to some Cannibal Corpse, some Deicide, some of that Florida metal. I think Scissor Fight was where the the filthy Cookie Monster vocals worked with the sound, and I kind of embraced it. Yeah, if that makes sense. It was a it was a, this was a transition band for me because the sound was filthy, the vocals were filthy. And there actually are certain parts where you can understand what he's saying. And of course, it, it, it tied to the music. It's about, you know, hunting wild game and yeah. <laughs> oh, you made a load of points that I want to unpick there. But let's sort of, let's just um, talk about the lyrics for a second and the vocal performance, actually. Um, I think, you know, you made a good point. Like, not every band that you listen to has to write the most profound lyrical content for you to like it you know i think if you go into listening to this album looking at that front cover and expect this to be very profound you're going to be disappointed but yeah if you go into this album just willing to just accept it's it's just good time music and you know like these are the titles of their most popular tracks on spotify yeah get them out there blizzards buzzards and bastards New Hampshire's all right if you like fighting. <laughs> Backwards, Acid for Blood, and Caveman Television. So I think just reading those, and then there's a few from this this album, um, such as Super Virgin versus Death Machine, Helicopter Killing Cottonmouth, and obviously the fantastic Planet of Ass. Like... <laughs> If you want to try and take it seriously, yeah. then you're going to be disappointed. But yeah, forget about it. <laughs> the the lyrics, the, the vocal performance really works for you. But I mean, you yeah. mentioned this before. I'm not sure whether this is what you're referring to, but that's probably quite a divisive. Yes. Divisive point, right? It was a one-off, yeah. And apparently, what did they say on on Wikipedia? They said that uh, he, um, yeah, it was his one time. Being a vocalist, the band hired vocalist Iron Lung, Iron Lung, named for his ability to take in illegal illegal substances and to quote stand there and look scary. So I don't know how they sounded live, uh, and, and again to your point, maybe maybe the vocals are uh, divisive. I definitely wouldn't give him points for being a great vocalist, but I think. I think I've I've realized just during this podcast that again it was a transition yeah. point for me, and so I think it was uh, raspy, gritty, filthy vocals. But the moments I could understand him was a big thing for me. Yeah, I mean for so, me it's uh, it's not something that I think of as being my favorite part of this album. His his vocal delivery. Um, there are some stuff that I think really works. Like there are a few. There is. There's not much range, right? It's no. all. It's all kind of tonally within same, that same, same, very same. But there are 
a lot there are a few different styles you know you've got spoken word which i think at times has like a bit of a white zombie rob zombie kind of the um, opener right yeah exactly and, and also i mean the second the second track uh super virgin versus death machine is pretty much spoken word throughout i wish bands did that more yeah i mean i, I like I mean, it and it's 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 2020 yeah. everyone can sample and borrow it works it works quite well i think there's some really good um very sort of punky um elements to it where yeah. he, he sort of more let's say shouts the lyrics a little bit more and then there's a lot of growling and almost like death metal tinged kind of styling and then other moments of just laughing there's <laughs> <laughs> like it was like a, it was like a like laughing, an evil laugh yeah laughing part but you know on, on the on the on the slightly negative side to that you know it goes it, this goes back to um what we mentioned before about the production and the live feeling it's quite indecipherable the majority of the time yeah it, it does make you feel like you're and we've all been to these gigs before where it's a wall of sound the you know the I haven't really worked out the nuances between the 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 range like this entire album is pretty much every you know the guitars the bass the vocals are all performing in this limited range so it does kind of right. all meld into 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 one you you said it was like um it's like very very sludgy like yeah muddy production and i think sometimes you're like i don't know this is personal taste for me but i'm like i i much prefer some of the the parts on the tracks where he actually sort of rises above the guitar work a little bit shouts it on um i think the first the first track has that i think it's um american cloven hoof blues that's the one yep. yeah that's a bit that's quite punky i think the track joke is quite punky as well yep. it kind of um gets above the the uh, guitars but for the majority of it it's quite indecipherable you like just i'm i'm craving just a moment where he kind of elevates himself a little bit more above the um more above the guitar work but you know i know that's i think like your point to that is probably it's all part of the the listening experience it kind yeah. of all is is part of that um that sound guess you know you also said that there is there's no lyric sheets there's there's two two um two songs that i could find that actually i could find lyrics for super virgin versus death machine and i have no fucking idea what they're about <laughs> yeah <laughs> do well, you i mean i know what planet of ass is about <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean i'm just going to read out some of the lyrics of planet of ass because you know <laughs> i don't know where we start with this one like <laughs> but it you know, there's a line that says, I'll chew right through your fucking pants. <laughs> and then there's a voiceover later that says, uh, Houston, the eagle has landed. You're not going to believe this, but there's naked women everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth, that's actually 
I think that's quite a fun track, but yeah, I no, I agree. It. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. It's just, yeah, it's just nonsensical fun. Yeah, I mean, it's completely, if, yeah. I don't think reading those lyrics, I'm really like, <laughs> I'm missing out on what the rest of the album is about. To be honest, no. <laughs> I mean, f- f- for me, like, um, just kind of top top line. I think for my feeling towards this album is that I think there is. My highlight would probably be actually the guitars in, you know, they've, I think there's some... I thought of you on Mule Kick. Yeah. As a guitar player, they're having a lot of fun on that. Even the solos are pretty decent. Yeah, they've got some, that's got a really interesting intro. It's funny that you mentioned the solos because even those sound like they're improvised. Like that to me sounds like, you know, they're just like... They hadn't written it beforehand. They're yeah. just kind of yeah, going yeah. for it. But yeah. again, you know, I think if it, it's we have to be critical because we're reviewing the album. Yeah. But you you can hold back on some criticism if you're just kind of going with the flow. When you when you mentioned this, we were going to do this album. Well, you kind of gave me a few choices, and I was like, let's do this one. Yeah. I put it on while I was working, and I breezed through it because I mean. It's 14 songs, but it's over in 39 minutes. Yep. You know, so we're not talking about epic here. Nope. We're just talking about having a good, having a blast, getting it out of the way, That's moving it. on to the next one. That's it. I blew through the whole album without even realizing I'd done that. And, <laughs> and yeah. you said it before. It, you know, and this is, you know, this is kind of critical, but it is kind of background music to me. I think that yeah. there's some decent hooks and grooves throughout. It's not, it's not a bad album. It's not a great album. It's quite fun to listen to. Some tracks stand out a little bit more than others, but the, it is, you know, after the first few times of listening to it, I couldn't, I find it quite hard to distinguish what I felt my favorite track was because there's... Same. It... 20 years later, Sam. Yeah, it's like, the, the, there's there's nothing, you know, this, this sounds really critical. Um, there's nothing particularly standout about it. No. It's, like I said, there's some some decent hooks, some decent grooves. I think there's, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I do like. It, you know, I, I've always been a fan of that sort of driving stoner rock kind of punky thing. Um there's definitely some bluesy stuff. I've always been a fan of Southern Metal as well. Yeah. Um, so there's all of that sort of stuff. Weirdly, don't know if you if you um, would have got any of this, but and it wasn't at that time, but it was starting to get towards it. There's almost a little bit of a new metal flair to some of the stuff. Okay, you lost me on that one. Not, not that's a, that's ex- a wrench. Let me explain. New metal? Yeah. Let me explain. It's not not in the new metal kind of I know these guys aren't wearing backwards caps and baggy jeans and and rapping over the top but there's something in something that I've always been I've always attributed to a very sort of new metal style is um a little bit of a bounce to the riffs and if the lyric if the vocals and the guitars sync up Okay. syncopate there's a lot of that that happens in this album there's a bit of bounce there's a bit of vocals going with the the track I, that you I called out the groove like that's the way it grooves if you're yeah if you're grooving to the to the beat and your lyrics match the beat it's grooving I don't know I don't know yeah I'm not a musician but 
And maybe I'm wrong, but that's no. something that I kind of mule kick, for example. Yeah. There's like the way that the verse kind of bounces and it's yes. kind of guitar to vocal, guitar right. to vocal. The cadence. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. Maybe that's maybe new metal is maybe someone would turn around to me and say, "Well, that's not a hundred percent true." It's it's something that I kind of felt like, you know, this is this is not too far off that time where that kind of style it's valid. Of music. It's valid because of the timing. Mm-hmm. If 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 Corn's second album was coming out, and Lincoln Park was 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 beginning, all those influences were were out there in the ether. So that's gonna whether it's conscious or subconscious in the background that's that's a valid valid uh, critique yeah and you know this band is nowhere near the likes of Lincoln Park or Korn but there is nope. like <laughs> there, I do think there yeah. is that that the cadence like you said which I, I think is yeah. um, pretty on point with some of that stuff some some good riffs like I really like um, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this but I really like the riff in Musalauki Rot yeah <laughs> um, I mean I mean yeah the, the track before it I think there's really good riffs and grooves um, but it's 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 not award winning yeah. it's just it's consistent from beginning to end with 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 um with average to good riffs. It's yeah, it's 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 very lowbrow and average, but yeah, it's just it's just got a personal place, uh special place for me. So No I mean, It is what it is. No, that that's fair. I mean we, we all have those albums that they just have their place. Yeah. Like I said. This is this is good fun background music yeah um and and i don't know where it fits on the radar with regards to stoner metal because i know for a fact when this band came out i don't think stoner metal stoner metal was if anything considered a a legitimate genre um there's a band called orange goblin from the uk that i think i looked up that they toured with might have been on some of the same record labels um, they came around the same time, 1995. Um, so again, like to your point, I don't know who influenced who, consciously, subconsciously, but those sounds were, I mean, there's just so many sounds out there at that time between grunge. I mean, you talk about our favorite word here, dynamic range. If we have, we've got rock, grunge, heavy metal, black metal, death metal, 96 was full of so many different subgenres of metal. Yeah. So many different subgenres that were just starting to to come into fruition and I you know I think stoner metal is one of the one of the ways you could describe this band but I certainly wouldn't put them in the same category as a, a They're Caius. not slow enough. They're not slow enough. Or they're just not I think stoner metal's more slowed down at times. I, I see it more kind of deserty whereas this feels very southern. Yeah. You, you know? So yeah. I think that's probably the distinction. But yeah, it's um I think it's got some really it's got some really good elements um but you I know, like the, I like the song titles. 
the song titles are fun. So it's a little bit. I think you said this as well. I think it's a very apt description. It can blend into one another a little bit. It's maybe a little bit repetitive, and you know, yeah. it's not. It's not going to win any awards. But um, what would you say uh, if you wanted to give somebody one track to listen to off this album? What would you put down as 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 being your sort of highlight? Doesn't have to be just one. Yeah, be, based on what we just said, that's that's a difficult one. I think. I think the one that's most fun. Because they all really blend together. It's really it's a short album. If you're gonna check it out, blow through the whole album. It's thirty minutes of your life. You'll be okay. Uh, <laughs> you'll either love it or hate it, or you'll you'll like now you'll say, eh, it is what it is. So regarding favorite tracks, um, again, considering a lot of these just kind of blend into each other, uh, the whole album's fantastic uh, as far as a consistent sound start to finish. Very same, same, but the two stickouts for me, just based on their names and their sound, it could really be considered one long song. It's tracks, tracks two and three. So Super Virgin versus Death Machine, uh, Really showcases their their gritty, muddy, nasty sound with with the choking on cardboard and glass vocals. <laughs> Same thing with the next track, Helicopter Killing Cottonmouth. Not sure what all that means, but the names are pretty fun. Super Virgin versus Death Machine, Helicopter Killing Cottonmouth. Montana. Nice. I'm I'm on board with uh, Super Version versus Death Machine. That's my favorite. I think like the riff. Um, yeah, riffage. Some, got some good riffs. Got some good grooves. It's got a real fun chorus actually. And I mentioned this before, but it's kind of got a. I feel like a Rob Zombie esque spoken word throughout the verse. Same as you. No idea what it's about. <laughs> I presume that like. It doesn't matter whether you like. It'd be good on a T-shirt. Super Super Version versus Death Machine. Yeah. Who knows what it's in reference to? The other one I mentioned this before. The other one I, I think that is is up there for me is Mosalauki Rot. If that's yep. how it's supposed to be, I think that's got a pretty good riff as well. And if you're into people laughing on songs, that's got a real good part for you too. Yeah, know, it's probably, that's a bit obnoxious. It's a bit obnoxious, but hey. Yeah, it's. I mean, what's really funny about it as well is it's actually like it's he delivers it in a way that's like kind of almost like it's pitched to go with yeah. the music as well yeah. um well i mean we've got we've got a lot more time out of this than i thought we were going to to be honest but um i don't, don't think there's anything other to do than um to give it any final thoughts and um a mark out of 10 i'll let you go first sure uh it's just a just a little like i said it's not a hidden gem it's a little it's kind of like a leftover dust particle or 
piece of dirt stuck to the bottom of my shoe. Maybe I, I found some lint in my back pocket, but uh, scissor fight, um, guaranteed kill. It's 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 been with me for 20 years. Uh, wouldn't give it any awards except for for that. It's it's my my lowbrow uh, my lowbrow champion for being uh, gritty, raw, and one of my first uh, exposures to 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 a band that just sounded heavy as fuck, but didn't really give a fuck or mind about their production uh, at the end of the day. And so it is it is what it is. It's it's worth whatever you want to give it. Um, and so at the end of the day, my my. My value out of ten is probably a six and a half. Nice. Um, can't disagree with anything that you said there. Um, not sure whether I'd describe it as a turd stuck to your shoe. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I get the sentiment. It's um, definitely it, dirty. It's it's a it's a kind of album that um, does perform a role. Like it it has its place. It's probably one that you could just put on in the background and it's not one that you're going to really pay huge amounts of attention to. I think it's quite a fun listen, um, but it is quite forgettable, you know, to be to be critical. It's nothing that you haven't heard before. Sure. It's, it's done quite well, um, but it's not going to push any boundaries for you. So for me, I give it a, I give it a six, um, just a... Just a, a, a tad less than you, but yeah, some good riffs, some good hooks, um, but uh, unfortunately nothing to really write home about. What was the um, what was the song that you did have on your radar that you listened to? Did you like that one, or is it? Yeah, I do actually. It's um, it's called Blizzards, Buzzards, and Bastards. It's and actually there. From what album and what era? Two thousand and one. Okay. Um, from an album called Man Trapping for Sport and Profit. Right. And I, I went and listened to that album after I heard that track, and it's... Completely different, no? Or... Um, I'm guilty I, of I, not really knowing their... I, ne- I need to go and listen to it again. Uh, Blizzards, Buzzards and Bastards is... It's, it's not... It's tighter. It feels more professional... It, of course, it's, <laughs> anything's an upgrade for this for this album. But it's quite difficult to describe it. We'll have to listen to it after the pod because yeah. um, it's it's definitely a good track. It's one that really actually gets in your head. So that's probably my 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 biggest critique. Biggest critique. British, biggest downfall of this album is that I feel like after you've listened to it, you can't remember what it sounded like. Right. Whereas that Blizzards, Buzzards, and Bastards song just there's a hook in it that just kind of gets in your head um but yeah some good riffs some good um some good some good stuff in there but um six out of ten i feel is probably like a good good review for that yep um so you know we normally we normally go down down looking at set lists and seeing the um the effect that this album had on the the legacy of the band and what they still play but Really, there's there's not that much, um, and you know it. It looks like, from what I can tell, Guaranteed Kill is probably the album that has had the most songs played off it in, on tour. But it's very very limited the actual data that Setlist FM has, so I don't know that it's accurate at all. 
But what I will say is that, um, as you mentioned, Aaron, they have been around since 95 um, and they have had a number of albums with a bit of a, um, a hiatus in between some of their last ones. But they followed up Guaranteed Kill with the excellently titled Balls Deep um, in 1998. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that one either. I haven't listened to that one. I only listened to the first track and it sounded decent. But, um, I presume it's it's much the same. Yeah. The same kind of stuff. All right. Um, well, we'll leave it there. Um, thanks again for joining me, mate. That was a fun one to go through. They don't yeah. all have to be no. ten, 10 stars. No. That's what's Cheers. good about doing Cheers. this. Yeah. You know, checking out albums that you wouldn't otherwise have really known even existed. Yeah. So if you guys like what you're hearing, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And if you have any questions, comments, or any feedback, feel free to email us at metalrecallpodcast at gmail.com. All right, dude. Until next time. All right. Peace out. Then.